Okay, welcome to Hybrid Diaries, episode 10. It's been a little while since I did an episode. We're probably talking now two months, but I am super excited to have this episode. We have a new coach in town. Uh, his name is Chris Jones. Welcome to the show, Chris. I'm George. How are we doing, guys? Yeah, good, good, mate, good. Uh, mate, first of all, welcome to Dubai. I know you're relatively fresh off the boat. Well, a couple of months now. Um, obviously, you're brand new here with us at Spirit Level. Um yeah, mate, welcome to Dubai. How are you finding it so far? Is it a little bit warmer than the UK? You're from nice sunny Wales and Manchester, right? Sunny Wales and sunny Manchester, yeah. Uh, yeah, so from Wales, originally born and bred. And then I've been in Manchester about 10 years, give or take. Um, so yeah, the weather is good. The weather is nice. Any of you that are from England or Wales know that it rains most of the time. And here it's sunny most of the time, so it's great say that you've actually experienced some rain already right you've only been here a few months and you've probably had two or three days of rain since you've been here yeah i mean i've, I've experienced the first flash flood of uh flash flood of dubai and it was it was interesting to see because literally water is what coming up to your car and comes to your wheel and it's clear that out here they've not they've not anticipated for that so the water doesn't go anywhere it just kind of sits there mate have you experienced anyone jet skiing or on a boat down the street yet because that sort of stuff happens here when it when it not rains yet, and it I, floods no not yet i'm, I'm ready for it i'm, I'm excited for that <laughs> mate tell us a bit more about you then so tell us about your background in sport obviously i know about it but i want, I want the listeners to learn a little bit more about you obviously you've come on board as yeah. a coach for us as well so i want people to know about you and then know what they can get involved with if they want to be coached by you so tell us about your background mate yeah cool um yeah so sport has literally it's been my life since day dot um, anyone who's from Wales will know this. You're born, you're given a rugby ball, and that's what you're going to do. Uh, your family tell you you're going to play for Wales. That's the dream, and that's, that's what I thought was going to happen. So I play rugby from the day I could stand up. It's called Rugby Tots. Um, and I literally had a ball in my hand all the way through until I stopped playing in my early 20s because you realise that you're not going to play for Wales. That dream wasn't going to happen for me. Um, so you kind of get a bit burnt out and a bit disheartened because your life is just consumed with like going to practice every day, training every day, playing on the weekends, driving all around the country thinking this is going to happen. It doesn't happen. And then it's kind of like, well, I've had enough. And you kind of need a break. Um, so I left rugby. I went to uni in Chester. So that's when I left Wales, moved to England um, and took up lacrosse. So I actually played lacrosse throughout my uni days. Um, I just didn't want to play. I was just done with rugby. I just needed a minute. So I played lacrosse. That was great. Picked that up quite quickly. Um, played first team lacrosse for three years. That was good fun. Um, and then that kind of introduced me into the world of competitive powerlifting. So my roommate was the competitive powerlifter at the time. Dragged me to one of these competitions and I just fell in love from there. Um, was a competitive powerlifter for five years. Did a couple of British competitions as well. So fairly, fairly high standard. Um, dabbled in Olympic lifting a little bit, dabbled in strongman a little bit, but just found my home with with powerlifting. And that was me pretty much all the way through until COVID. And then COVID kind of shut that down. I needed to find something else to do, so I decided to go to the opposite end and went full bodybuilding mode, lost loads of weight, went on a straight diet. Um, but that just, it never really, the bug never really happened because it just, Every time I dieted down to a point where it's so restricted, it just wasn't happy for me. I wasn't happy in that place. Um, 
I'm coming from a sports science background, which I'll go through through in a minute. The num there's no numbers with with competitive bodybuilding. It's all like perception. So it's what somebody else thinks. So you die down, you do it show, and I, mean, I tried it. Hats off to anyone that does it. But the idea of being told by somebody else that I'm not good enough is just it wasn't right for me, and I couldn't see progression. So I needed something else. Um, fell into my first 5K run by accident uh, through work and my old job when I worked for Nuffield. And that then led to finding out about Hyrox through a friend of mine. And that was it. The bug hit then because you can track things. It's all numbers. It's progression. And you can see how you're getting better. So I was like, right, I'm in. I'm hooked. And then it's just been a journey from there. Nice. Nice. Well, mate, I want to talk about High Rocks and like your journey uh, a bit later on. But first of all, obviously, you said so your background in sport, you you, you obviously played rugby basically from a, being a baby. You then went into the cross and then you went into powerlifting. So, mate, when we first met, you told me about some of your numbers. And I mean, I don't know the powerlifting world and I don't know how good these numbers are. But to me, they're really impressive. So I'd like people to also hear them. So tell us about the sort of numbers you would do. I know you told me in the build up to COVID, you were in your like peak, you were training really hard to go to a competition and then it didn't happen. And obviously that just destroyed everything for you. But what were you peaking at, mate, when, in terms of like your your squats and your benches? Yeah. Your uh, yeah, so my squat, the everyday world will probably think this is very impressive. It's weird when you come from a competitive background, you're always comparing yourself to the best. So my squat numbers were, were decent. So my best ever was 240 kilo. Um, but the guys I was up against were doing high 200s, if not 300. So it was always a chasing game with me for that. Uh, bench press, I was good. I was competitive. I was around 180 was my best. And my deadlift, my best on the day was 270. Uh, and I was peaking, hoping to hit around a 250 squat, 200 bench and a 300 deadlift pre-COVID before things shut down. And mm. my life kind of changed from there. Um, but I was at my biggest and my strongest right before that happens. It's very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you'd ever get back into that, mate? Like, do you think you've still got an itch to be scratched? Like, obviously, you didn't get the chance to hit those numbers. Is that still an itch that you want to scratch? Or, or do you think that, like, high rocks and hybrid has just completely changed your life and you won't go back? I think I think pre – I don't want to bang on about high rocks too much, but I think pre-finding high rocks, yes, I was constantly like, I want to dabble in, I want to get back to it um and i was kind of always floating back and forth i don't think i'll ever not put the barbell down you know i think i'll squat bench and deadlift and do all these movements forever mm. um but i think now that i've found something else that's tickling that competitiveness in me but from a whole different area where i can progress all over again you know at mm. the moment i'm quite satisfied i'll never say never you know mm. maybe one day i'll convince you to do a, a spirit level powerlifting comp at the moment at the moment, I'm happy. So. Mate, we ain't got enough weights to be able to lift those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, and mate, tell me then, so we talked about your experience as a athlete. Let's talk about more now as uh, your experience as a coach. I know you've got a lot of experience. Um, you were, you specialize in like rehabilitation. Uh, talk to us more about all of that, mate. You said you went to uni. Tell us how it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll go, I'll take you right back. So, it all kind of happened by accident. So I was back home. I was early 20s. Uh, I was working at a bar. I was a nightclub manager, events manager, just living that nightclub, that nightclub lifestyle. 
I'll let you guys figure out what that's like. Um, and I needed something else. I was like, my CV had nothing. My only interest was sport and training. So I was like, what can I do? I know I'll do sports science. Um, so I went to college, got my A-levels together, um, got the credits I needed to go to uni, went to Chester University, did my sport and exercise science. And that's where the journey kind of started there. Um, I was always training friends and stuff throughout that, just helping them out and stuff. Um, I'd been training since I was 13, so my way around the weight room was fine. And friends were like, look, try PT and, you know, give it a go. So I kind of fell into PT through uni, mainly because I needed money so I could pay to go out drinking and buy food. So I was like, those two, I get to work in the gym, make money, go out drinking. Perfect. Let's do that. Um, so that was that. And then I was on course to be a strength and conditioning coach. When I finished my degree, but that never happened, that kind of fell flat on its face. So I, I had a sports science degree and a PT certificate. I was like, right, what can I do? I was like, well, I need to go and be a PT somewhere. Um, started in Nuffield, and they kind of took me under their wing and gave me a lot from there. So started off as a trainer and moved into rehab, and became a rehab specialist. So in Chester, where the gym is, there's a hospital next door. So I did a lot of work with people who had like knee operations, hip operations, replacements, things like that, and then fell into management. So I became a fitness manager. So that kind of stepped back a little bit. Um, and then I've done management over the last couple of years. So now where I've moved out and gone back into coaching again. And you moved out to Dubai because you, your girlfriend's here. Um, yep. She's also in the fitness industry. She's a swim coach, which is really cool. She's already, she's yeah. been here for a year, right? Yeah. You've been coming out just to visit, uh, and then now you've decided. Yeah, I came to come out a couple out. of times. Like, I came out once. Um, when did I first come out? October last year, I want to say. And like, I get why people come out here and they go, Yeah, I'm going to come out here. Like, I got that bug straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just took about 12 months to figure out how to do it. Um, and then, luckily, with my old job, I got made redundant. Um, and that gave me the tools and the options to then take the plunge, come out here and pursue this career change and dream that I'm chasing down now. Nice, nice. Awesome, mate. Well, it's great to have you with us. Um, all right, well, moving on then, mate, let's talk about your journey. So obviously, since you left powerlifting, bodybuilding and gym management, you've now gone all in with hybrid training and in particular high rocks. Before I even met you, I saw on your Instagram that you'd done lots of high rocks and you look like you're absolutely loving it and you were always ranting on about high rocks so you could see that you were keen for it. Um, talk to us about that journey so far, because obviously that must have been a huge transition going from never really running to then having to run 8K, uh, plus do a lot of other obstacles. Uh, So talk to us about that journey, mate. How did it start? How did you even find High Rocks? And I know it's huge in the UK. Did you find it there or did your mate just get you to sign up or what? How did that all start? And where are you at now? Yeah, so so it started started in Nuffield, funnily enough. So... When I was managing the club in Manchester, two of the PTs were quite involved with it. Um, every other weekend, they were flying off to Barcelona and Madrid to race, and they'd come back. Um, and they tell me about it, and I was like, "What are you doing? Like, what you, what, what's what's going on? Like, because I had no clue." Um, and they're like, "Look, let's get the gym affiliated." So they pushed me to get our gym affili- affiliated with Hyrox. So that was my first introduction was through the affiliation program. So speaking to Frank and somebody else and getting our club set up as an affiliated gym. Uh, and then the rest kind of came from there. Um, 
the guys were planning on racing in Italy in Rimini. That was last this this year, sorry. And they just kind of said, look, you we're affiliated, Jim. You set this up. Come along, try it. Just try it. And then me and my arrogant blame kind of way, I was like, right, fine, whatever. Can't be that bad, surely. Um, so I signed up, rocked up, went with the lads, and I got humbled very, very quickly. And it was about an hour and 40 minutes of just like, yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting time. But how I much did you run? Excuse me, how much prior did you... To that? Yeah, prior to it. Um, been zero in my lifting career, so ten years no running, probably. Like I had a running background, obviously from rugby, and then but once I started lifting, it stopped. Hmm. I was like, so yeah, I did one five k in February for charity. That was about it. Nice, nice. So, mate, to be fair, like <laughs> um, with, with no running background, and then going in and still being able to get through around the course in one hour forty, is it's not bad going. Um, and that journey is obviously, you know, it's improving from there. You've done another race since then. Uh, did you get a faster time in your next one? Yeah, so I've chipped off five minutes of my time. So I've had, yeah, five, yeah, five, six minutes. You've done three um, now, again, right? Was, yeah, so I did, so I did Rimini. I then did the so Dubai race when I landed here. So I moved out here the day before. Old story, whole mess up with that. And then just arrived racing. So I raced. No sleep, no hydration, no fluid, and just just went for it. And I still took five minutes off my time with that. So I was like, I know I've got a faster time in me if I can just actually train and give it the priority and the discipline that it needs and stop stop flying to these things and stop moving houses between them and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's the plan. Yeah. You get in, we spoke about it the other day when we were talking about strength, but you get in those newbie gains, right? Because obviously you're relatively yeah. new to it and you're now each race, you're chipping off five minutes, five minutes. And if you can, I'd be very happy if I could chip off five minutes each race. Uh, I think <laughs> most people would, but you got to keep continuing to get them, mate. Um, that's awesome. So obviously we've been chatting a little bit about how you're going to be involved with Spur Level. Obviously you are running our strength classes. Uh, Tuesdays we're doing a lower body focus class. Wednesdays we're doing an upper body focus class. I know things might be changing very soon with the announcement today uh, of Hyrox Dubai happening um, in February, which is really cool because it's like, it feels like it only just happened and now it's happening again. So we can get all, get really excited again, which is great. Um, so we've spoken about a beginner Hyrox program because we know there's a lot of people out there that are intimidated with Hyrox. Obviously, if you look at Hyrox, you see what it is. It can be very intimidating and you look at the types of people that do Hyrox it could be very intimidating for them to even, you know, get to the start line. So talk to us about the beginner program, mate. Like, why did you come up with it? And talk about, like, give us a little bit of a rough idea of what you think it's going to look like. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so I've seen that, like, if you look back to, like, the UK and stuff, how big the community is with High Rocks. Um, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. You know, it's, it's their main logo is, I say logo, is this a sport for everybody? So it's great. I mean, I love training here. You guys are amazing. You push me to be better and train harder and faster, you know. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of known people out there who will look at higher ups and go, oh, I want to try that, but just not too sure where to start. So that's where I thought this program could be really good. Um, so it's about an eight to 10 week program once we launch it. And yeah, it's going to be a small group, eight or 10 people. Um, and then in a short, short story version of it, once a week, we'll do a class here with myself, with those people. 
uh, we geared around learning the movements, learning the equipment, learning techniques, um, how to use the skiers, how to use the rowers, how to push the sleds, things like that. So they can realize it's not this big daunting task they might think it is. Um, they'll also get some online coaching. So they'll have a program to follow every week and that can be specific stuff they do in their gym. They can come along to one of the other classes. We have a variety of stuff going on here. So you've got track for your running, um, the strength classes, and on the weekend, sort of like maybe more high rocks pacing stuff now, I'm sure. Um, and then we're also looking to get our partners involved that work with spirit level. So we've got uh, Matter, who's a nutrition company that we work with. Um, hopefully they'll get involved and provide discount. So these so everyone can feel like they get that athlete feeling, you know, they're coming to our classes, they've got their program, now they can have their nutrition. Um, Restore as well are going to come on board. I'm speaking to them next week so we can provide some recovery stuff as well and just give them the complete package so when they turn up to their first race, and we all know how it feels like when you turn up to your first race, you feel like an athlete. You walk in this venue and it's buzzing and it's booming and it's like, yes, I want to be a part of this. So if we can give that from the beginning, build these people up from where they are now to being ready to race race day whether it's on their own doubles or in a relay that's kind of the plan and the mold of what i want to do over the next 10 weeks nice mate mate i love it you came up with this idea the other day and i think it's definitely something there's a there's a huge market out there for it there's so many people that are on the fence and i think in september they probably got a bit of fomo if they came to spectate to, to to watch other people they probably were thinking i wish i was doing this now so i'm hoping that if people see your program and they are on the fence, they, you know, they get signed up and you can help them feel ready and, and more confident to actually sign up and, and get to the start line. Um, we actually had a meeting today with High Rocks Middle East and we were told that there was around 1600 people competing, but two and a half thousand people spectating. So there was more spectators wow. than athletes and they're hoping to switch that this time. So obviously have a, have a lot more athletes and spectators, more of these spectators actually taking part. So that was an interesting um, thing to find out today. So hopefully we can get some of these spectators signed up and get them wearing a spirit level shirt, repping the brand and uh, hopefully do well because they'll have been trained by you. Um, you also said about, so you're going to get, uh, obviously we're partnered with Hyrox uh, Middle East. Uh, we're going to get some PFTs going as well. Uh, do you want to talk about the PFT a little bit, mate, and, and talk people through what it is and what you're going to, because you said you're going to put these in the program, right? Yeah, so um, so going back to when I was in Manchester, so as part of the affiliation program, uh, myself and a few others back then, we got to be, as they're called, official coaches for Hyrox, probably similar to you guys that you've done here. And one of those things that you do is you go through the PFT, and the PFT is basically like a pre-fitness test which is a great way to kind of see where your fitness levels are, um, what might be a good entry for you, whether it's open, pro, relay, doubles. Um, and to give you a taste and an idea of what a high rocks race will be like, I did it the wrong way around. So I did high rocks first, then did the PFT second. So this way we can teach people that let's do the PFT first, then do the high rocks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. Um, the plan is to run, to run one at the beginning of the program um so you guys can test yourself see where you're at follow the program come to the classes you know let's help you out as much as we can and within those eight weeks we'll do the probably pft again sorry um, and you should see significant changes and drops in your numbers so you're faster which will then give you confidence going into the race on race day nice now i like it mate i like it a lot and for those who haven't done a pft before on paper i mean from where i'm standing it doesn't look that bad 
But then when you do it, the way it's just put together, it's so simple, but it hurts so much. If you do it right, if you're actually really, truly going for time and trying to do it as fast as you can, it hurts so much. But like you just said, Chris, it, it, it does give you a bit of a feel of how High Rocks feels because High Rocks does hurt. If you are going for time and trying to push yourself, it does hurt. But that's why we do it because then it's, a, it's an achievement when we get to that finish line. So we do these challenging things. So I think a PFT is a really nice entry way to get people involved, obviously, uh high rocks have their pft tours i know you're going to be part of that as well you're going to be going around a little bit uh, and doing them with them which is cool uh, so people actually get to meet you and then you know maybe they can get involved with you with this program um but yeah mate i think i think actually including the 100 warbles at the end is such a good idea because it's not then a shock to the system when you do do a high rocks because you've yeah. already done the pft and you've experienced what 100 warbles feels like the thing that catches me out in the pft actually is the hammer release push-ups it's the uh, the fact that you've just taxed your body with the the burpee broad jumps, your upper body, your shoulders, your chest. You then also go into the row and you get really tired. And then when you're doing those uh, hand release push ups, I find it even hard to release the hands off the ground because you just seize up so much. And then the warbles just feel like ten times as hard. So it's so <laughs> simple, but it's genius the way it's put together. Um, mate, this uh, so this obviously is going to be a beginner program, uh, and you're looking to help people basically level up and improve. Talk to me a little bit, mate, about any of your experience you've had with clients. Like, what's your best experience you've had with a client that you've leveled up, say? Like, how have you helped someone get from point A to point B? Uh, have you got anything in mind that, like, springs to mind when I say that? Have you got any, like, really cool experience? Yeah, no, I've got a few. Um, yes, I've got a few. And for me, like, the ones that always that always mean the most and touch home the most to me is the people that that when they go from something they think they couldn't do to then be able to do it. Um, there's a couple of stories I've got back from my Nuffield days when I helped people who, um, they had like, they had a knee surgery or hip surgery, things like that. They've had their physio treatment and they come to me to work with me to get strong again. And it's just to get strong to walk, you know, it's to be able to walk to the shops or to be able to just, you know, go out and do things that they want to do. Um, when you achieve those little goals, just nice and steady, one session at a time. Um, and you see how they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm able to do this again. Those are like the little wins for me. Um, that's kind of what I want to do um, with higher ups and what I found with it as well. And this, this whole course I want to do, it's like, it doesn't need to be this daunting task that it can't be done. It's like anything can be done if you just set your mind to it. You've got the right help and the right guidance along the way. Um, so they're always like my favorite moments, really. Yeah, mate, I, I'm actually quite, I agree with you there. I've had moments in in the past where I've had athletes completely like so scared to go to the start line and not thinking they'll get to the finish line. And the most rewarding thing I think for me as a coach is when you see the smile on their face when they get the, yeah. like they cross the finish line. I'll never forget doing a Spartan race and staying with uh, one of my old clients all the way through the race. It took us a very long time out in the desert um but when she got that medal put around her neck and seeing a smile on her face the fact that she got to the finish line spartan's logo is um you'll know at the finish line and i think that's yeah. the feeling and it's the same with hierarchs like obviously they want everyone to feel like it's an everybody event and we're we're here to say trust as it is an everybody event there is a category for anyone and we're here to support you on that and like direct you there but yeah mate i think that's probably the as a coach it's the most rewarding feeling for sure when you see people i agree mate it's the same thing for me you see people do something that they didn't think they could do um mate that's awesome what about um best experience as an athlete then so and it can be anything it can be higher ups it can be powerlifting what would you say your best experience is have you ever done 
maybe you did a, a really heavy lift in your powerlifting days that you, you know, on a yeah. day that you were feeling crappy. Yeah, no, I've got I've got a couple of stories. So one was uh, at one of my powerlifting competitions, everything just went. I don't know if you've ever had it with one of your competitions, whether it was racing or anything like that, and you're prepping and you get to like a month out and nothing's going right. Like I was missing lifts in the gym. My program wasn't, my program was fine, but I just wasn't responding. I don't know if whether I was too stressed, not enough nutrition, everything was wrong. And I got to the day and literally I'm warming up to, and I'm like, I just, I'm not going to be able to do this today. And I remember my partner at the time, she was like, just get it done. Just one lift at a time. Um, and it's a similar thing you can do with races, like just take one step at a time. So I did my squats, got through that, had a, had a sulk, got through bench press, had a sulk again, and got through deadlifts. And despite how much I thought I had the worst performance ever, I actually came second. I'd only yeah. missed on top podium by five kilos. Nice. And she was just like, look, you did it. It's fine, right? And then, yeah. So that was one of them. Um, and then finishing high rocks the first time. Yeah. I won't go into too much detail, but there was a couple of moments one on burpees and one on lunges. I was like, I'm just going to just walk away now. Like, I'm done. Like, why Why am I putting myself through this absolute agony? I know it's not, not agony for everyone, but it was for me. And like, just like, why? I've flown all this way. I'm doing lunges. I'm an hour and a half into my workout. What? 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 But then you get through, you do 100 war balls, and you cross that line. And it's like, it's a feeling that I want everyone to experience. I can't describe it. You probably know what it is. Yeah. And some people listening might know what it is, but it's a feeling I want everyone to experience because it's like one of the best feelings in the world when you've accomplished yeah. something you thought wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And you're so pleased with yourself at the end when you don't quit. Uh, and like yeah. you said, right, Charlotte said to you with your lifting, just lift by lift. And that's the same thing in high rocks. You get to those lunges and you said like it. Some you just said a second ago. Some people might not might not feel like it's agony. They do. Trust me, they do. Everybody feels. It doesn't matter. Everyone feels it's agony because if you're pushing yourself, everyone feels like it's agony. Everyone's hurting. You. Some people just do it faster than others. That's all it is. So it doesn't matter if it takes you two hours or an hour. That person who's doing an hour is just more fit. They can do it a little bit faster. But if they're pushing themselves, they're in just as much pain as you are. Um, I guess there's obviously we talk a little bit about pain tolerance. Some people can put up with pain a little bit more, and that's down to like exposure to it, right? It's like doing it through training, getting a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I think what Charlotte said to you, to you about lift by lift, right? With your with your powerlifting comp, it can be applied to anything in sport. But in, if you're talking about high rocks, just do one burpee at a time, or just do one lunge at a time, one wall ball at a time. Like sounds like I'm talking about my race from Dubai because that's pretty much how it ended. <laughs> um but yeah i think that's it's really good advice like just breaking it down chunking it down and, and and taking your time with it especially when it's your first one i would definitely be advising people doing their first one like don't expect a time don't go for a time go to get through it enjoy it and then you can work from there because that's one of the awesome things about high rocks right you can go through um every, all your splits you can see how all your runs were all of your stations were all of your rock zone times and then you can start to see where you need areas for improvement um mate i like that a lot what you just said about um what charlotte gave you that that advice and it can be i'd like if you're listening to this and, and you when you do do high rocks in, in february if you've got one before then just try and think that actually just rep by rep i actually had that in my mind when i was doing the lunges um in dubai in september because things started to go bad from there. And it was exactly that. Just do one at a time, breathe. One at a time, breathe. Um, awesome. 
I've got one more question for you, mate. Um, what is the toughest experience or toughest thing that you've ever done? How tough are you? That's what I want to know. <laughs> How tough are you? <laughs> what do you mean? Do you mean like in competition? Do you mean just in general? Anything, or? In life, any t- what's the hardest thing? Basically, what I'm trying to find out is is what hard things have you done in your life that have basically because I, I mate, for example, I got you to the track, I got you to our track session as soon as you got out here, and it was what was 16 times 400, I think it was, or yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. 16 we did a yeah. track session 16 times 400. 16 you're, not from, or something like that. you're not from a running background, and I said, Chris, mate, I know this is your first track session, just do 12, and you did 16. So you've obviously got a certain amount of resilience and mental toughness there. So I'm, I'm just wondering where that comes from. Yeah. You can get through a high rocks and you didn't quit on your first one. You know, you were pretty much there on your own. So you've obviously got this mental toughness. So I'm trying to dig into like, where is that coming from? What's the hardest thing that you've done? Did that help towards it? Anything that springs to mind? Yeah. I mean, let's, I'll be, I'll be open and honest. It's fine. We can go into detail another time, but uh, as a long story short, um, I went through a few difficult things in my childhood. Uh, this is probably why sport and competition has always been a release for me because it's like one of those things. Um, so I went through, obviously, my mum and dad split up and that led to a few things that happened and things like that. Um, and I, I saw a few things that were just not nice things to see, you know. Um, and if anyone listening to this and they want to talk to me about it or ask me about it, I'm happy to talk to you about it anytime. You know, I used to be quite quiet. Now I'm very open about it and I've learned that talking about it and expressing it to other people can help them as well. So I am open to anyone who wants to ask. Um, but it, that's one of the main things. And then through competition and through my own training and through coaching, I've realized that somebody, everybody has been through probably something harder than a workout or an exercise or a competition. So I'm always like, you have, everyone has the tools. Well, I feel like everyone has the tools to pull on things that they can use to then help them get through those difficult times um, and to make you a little bit stubborn and make you not want to give up. And when you said, that was one of the things when you said to me, oh, just do 12, mate. So I was like, I'm not going to swear on the podcast. But I was like, I'm George, I'm doing all of them. What are you about? Mm-hmm. I might take a little bit longer, but I'm getting these done. <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. um, and it's the same thing with High Rocks, you know. I was like, don't quit. We'll just get through it one at a time. Doesn't matter how long it takes. Like, I'm not letting this thing beat me. So... Nice. And that's all you have to do. And then now I've learned that like it's just it's working out, right? It's Hyrox is running around in a circle and doing a few workouts. Mm. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, just it's, running around in circles. Yeah. And that's exactly what Hyrox is, mate. You know, it's that it's not like an obstacle that you have to complete it or you could fail it. It's just how long is it going to take you? You know, you can stop and take a breather on lots of these different things, on these lots of these different stations. It's just how long is it going to take you to get to the finish line? And at the end of the day, the only thing that changes is your mm. finish time. Um yeah. I've got another question for you, mate. So you did, obviously, um, a few weeks back, we did a strength workshop at the gym. And when you introduced it, you told us a little story about some sort of car accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you was going to say about all... that. I think that's a good one. Does that, no. does that not give you some sort of mental toughness? <laughs> Tell us about that, mate, because that was really interesting. That just that just makes me feel like I'm invincible. No. Um, yeah, so this was back in 2019. I was driving to work, it was a Sunday morning, I was opening the club up, um, nobody on the road, and then free taxi out of nowhere. I'm coming through a roundabout, someone's decided to jump the lights, maybe they were in a rush or whatever, and they've hit me, hit my driver's door, sent me, sent me right over, sent me flying, basically. Um, 
in and out of consciousness, woke up in Liverpool Hospital. Um, spent a couple of days there. And then, but it was weird because, like, I didn't, I had a couple of muscle tears from it, but I didn't have a single, single broken bone, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't make sense to me. Um, and one of the things that kind of sat with me was when I came round after I'd been through the MRI and things like that, the doctor was like, you should be lucky that you're here. Like, you shouldn't be here right now. Mm-hmm. You are, like, one of these percent chances that's made it. Um, there's a reason why I'm covered in tattoos and stuff, and there's a whole story behind that. So, again, ask me questions, and I'll tell you. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the story of that. Um, and I do lean on that a little bit, but I just kind of use that as, as a reason to do lots of things I've never done. And this is why I've now moved to Dubai. It's kind of like you don't know how long or how short we have. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole and change the podcast, but kind of like you know, life's precious, right? Make the most of it. So do all these crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. Take risks. Um awesome. Take risks. Um, wicked. Well, mate, we'll wrap it up from there. Um people can reach out to you through Instagram. What's your Instagram? Uh it's hybrid lifestyle PT. Hybrid underscore lifestyle. I'll put it in the show notes. Sorry, hybrid lifestyle underscore PT. Well, let me do it the other way. Uh, well, I'll put it in the show notes so people can reach out to you there. Obviously, you're offering uh, personal training at the gym. Your program is going to be coming out hopefully in the next few weeks so people can, especially these beginners, they can get ready for High Rocks Dubai. You're going to be at High Rocks Dubai. What category are you going to do? Uh, I'm going in, going all in, men's pro. I feel like it's time. I men's pro. Don't, don't expect the fastest time. My goal, my goal is to complete it quicker than I've ever done it at a harder level um, with George's help. And everyone else's help here. It's going to be easy. It's going to be a breeze. <laughs> awesome. And you're running classes so people could, if they want to meet you or be coached by you or experience a class by you, your current classes at the moment, you're leading, well, you're at the track, you're running with us on Monday mornings, um, yep. six o'clock at Sports City. Uh, Tuesday mornings, you're in the gym showing people at the moment how to back squat. And you have yep. a lot of experience in that. Wednesdays, you're doing your favorite movement on the planet, which is bench press. Yep. Uh, showing people how to do that and then you're obviously in and out of the gym with our other classes as well uh, but if you do want to reach yeah. out to chris then drop him a message on instagram you can also um email him i can also put that in the show notes his email is chris at spiritlevelae.com you can reach out if you do want to be coached by him if you're looking for any rehab strength or you're looking to start out and get into uh high rocks or hybrid racing mate thanks for coming on and chatting no i was just gonna say even if it's like they want to chat have a coffee in the gym and ask the questions on what I've talked about or talk about some of their own stuff. Like I'm here. I'm here. I love a chat. I love hearing people's stories. So reach out if you want to, and I'm all with you. Awesome, mate. I appreciate that. That's really cool. I'm sure people are going to really like you when they get to meet you. Um, awesome. Again, thanks for your time for coming on and I'm going to see you probably tomorrow anyway. Um, yeah. We'll get this podcast out there as soon as we can and yeah, we'll catch up shortly, mate. Sweet. Awesome. See you later, mate. See you later, guys. Yeah.